Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Manthology Show, Manhood. Let's find it together. In today's episode, Youthful Innocence, Curb Appeal, Hard Truce, Memory Lane, and Listener Feedback. Josh, Derek, welcome to the show. Oh, buckle up your man buckles because it's about to get weird. Gentlemen, it's good to be here. Um, We're excited about this uh, episode three of the trilogy here uh, in the Manthology show. Of course, I'm kidding. It's much larger than a trilogy. But this is uh, episode three nonetheless. Um, To start our show, Josh and Derek, we kind of tinkered with this idea when we were when we were in the drawing room, if you will, of the Manthology show, carving it all out. The blueprints. The blueprints. Um, so I'm just going to ask each of you straight up, what's one thing about work you didn't appreciate as a kid? Oh. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, I know for me, uh, I, I wildly underestimated how much adulthood would suck as a child. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought it would be bad. I didn't know it would be this bad. Uh, so yeah, there's the one thing I thought, you know, it'll be great. What was I wrong? That's one thing yeah. I didn't appreciate is just how much it would blow. So, so Derek is not happy with adulthood, Josh. Nope. Nope. I was sold <laughs> a bill of goods, Blake. I don't like it. <laughs> Josh? Um, that's a good question. I think, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that, if you like what you do, there's a lot of good things that come from being able to do it. And I'm fortunate enough that I enjoy my job. So I guess uh, I didn't realize the professional satisfaction that you can get sometimes as a kid. You know, that's something that um, I guess a lot of people don't have, but I feel like I'm fortunate and I enjoy that. So like as a child, we don't appreciate that. As a child, you don't ever think, oh, my goodness, I can't wait till I'm in my 30s and I'm working in marketing. I'm just going to love it. <laughs> I'm gonna love running campaigns, <laughs> but, but you actually do. Is the yeah? I mean, I, I enjoy what I do. So there's that, um, you know, f- professional fulfillment and things like that 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 I get. Yeah, I'd I'd say two th- two things come to my mind. Um, is you know, as your kid, most kids, I was included. You you fantasize and you dream up these <clears throat> jobs: astronaut, fireman. Policeman, these exciting I don't right. know, jobs, at least for little boys, um, and you just don't you don't realize just how much monotony is in adult life. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and, and not so much with children. You know, with, with I don't know what it is. It didn't seem like there was much as much monotony when I was a boy. Um, I, no. I mean, certainly when I was a teenager, but yeah, I just I didn't appreciate that, and so. I think that's why it's really important to go all snow white on it and, and learn how to whistle while you're working, while you're enduring monotony. So yeah. it sucks to wait in line at a grocery store. Um, you know, there's that great video years ago called This Is Water. Did you guys see that on YouTube? Mm-mm. Oh, a really good video. About, uh, David Foster Wallace, David Wallace Foster. can't remember. He's a, he's a really renowned writer, and he did this this video talking about monotony. So I think that's one thing I... Um, underestimated but then at the same time I kind of felt like hey if you don't become an astronaut or whatever it's going to be really sucky or boring and marketing like Josh or whatever I didn't realize how much fun you can actually have as an adult you know I guess we kind of view our adults you know our parents like ah stiffs so it's cool to like grow up and stay young at heart and be proud of it and say man I'm having just as much fun as I did when I was a kid 
Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of that is just perception in your, in your attitude, you know. I mean, everything could suck if you have a crappy attitude about it, you know. So, D- know. Derek, yeah, Derek, I'm curious. Like, it, you've, you haven't liked your 20s or 30s. Like, no, 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 no. no. I, so here's the thing. Uh, I, I wasn't actually that crazy about childhood either. Oh, uh, oh so you're a pessimist. We're dealing well, with a pessimist here. Well, here's the thing. I loved my 20s. My 20s were the greatest decade of my life. Um, but as soon as it hit thirties, it's like everything just changed. And like, I, so for example, I just hung out with some friends last night and, uh, they were friends I've known since I was a kid. We went to high school and college together and, you know, we, and I realized this last night as we were hanging out that the only thing we do when we hang out is tell stories of how much fun we used to have, but we don't Uh... actually have fun anymore now. Like my whole life is looking back on how much fun I used to have (laughs) and, I'm not even that old. Like I'm 32 and yet I'm like, oh, you remember that time? And we tell the same stories over and over and we laugh. And I miss, I miss the days of randomness when I would wake up and not know what right. the day was going to hold. Now I wake up and it's like every day is a – the thing about adulthood is that every day is a race. You're chasing something and I'm just so tired of that race. I'm yeah. so tired of like – constantly having to be on this treadmill and I don't even know what I'm chasing, but I'm, but I know I'm supposed to be chasing it and you never really make any progress. You're just spinning your wheels and, but the status quo that is adulthood, you work this job and pay this rent, but don't get too excited because next month rent is due again. It's, it's just, I don't know. You feel, you feel like it's groundhog's day. It really is. Adulthood is groundhog's well, day. Well, it's, dude, Derek, you sound like, like I think that's awesome that you had a good twenty, you know, awesome twenties. I certainly enjoyed my twenties. You sound a little like Carl from Up, where you just need to go out and have new adventures again. Well, <laughs> maybe, I mean, maybe that's what it is. Here's the good thing about adulthood: I, I've gotten to do so many cool things in adulthood. Like I, I get to travel and I go to Europe and I do all these cool things, and that's awesome. Travel is awesome, but the thing is, that is the vacation from real life. It's uh, called a vacation. It, that's not real life. That's your break from adulthood. And so adulthood is like 300 days a year that are really boring and lame so that you can have fun for like 60 if you're lucky. Whereas when you're younger, those highs aren't as high, but the fun is more spread out, if that makes sense. I don't know. I just – listen, I just don't like it, all right? I think, you know, Derek, I think you're going to change your tune. You probably just need to find your groove again. You got to find the groove, your calling, and it's there somewhere. It's there. It's out there. I think also it's a – key point of what this show tries to address is becoming an adult. I mean, we talk about becoming a man, but it's really about becoming an adult in my mind. And yeah, there's a huge transition and difference going from your twenties and into your thirties. It's a different set of rules. It's definitely a different playing field, but um, yeah, I mean, that's just part of the journey. You got to try to, you got to figure out how to make your own fun and, and turn your thirties into your twenties in some way. I don't know. Reinvent yourself, Josh. <laughs> you gotta reinvent yourself every day. Well, well said, Josh. Um, okay, fellas, I got some breaking news uh, in, in my corner of the world. This just in: I'm feeling pretty inadequate about my lawn. I'm looking out at it right now. There's these. There's like these small little wheat weeds. They look like mini wheat. Oh yeah, I'm familiar with those. Uh, I got some. Crabgrass, apparently. I got these weird dark patches that look like cool grass, but they're just patchy. 
Oh, wait, I just saw a picture of your lawn the other day, and it looked like you were gardening and you were doing some things there, and you had the Thank- nice little flower bed. Thank you. You're right. That's my <laughs> wife's job. She's in charge of the flower beds. Well, then and she I'm... should be feeling inadequate about the lawn, not you. Well, yeah. Okay, and here, here's here's another thing. Like I, I, I'm overall, this is kind of a new feeling because I really don't tend to care what other people think. And I mean, we all do in a little bit. That's what makes us human. We're social. But I'm usually pretty good about just saying, hey, I don't, I don't care. I'll just, I do what I want, wear what I want, stuff like that. But with the lawns, maybe what's making me feel inadequate is I got these like, I got these like professional lawns all around me, even from good yeah. friends. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm no, feeling I, I, over here. I, so I'll skip the whole story, but my lawnmower crapped the bed a couple of weeks ago. And so my grass grew to about three and a half feet tall <laughs> as I was trying to stumble through my mechanic skills and fix the lawnmower, which by the way, I still have not fixed. So I finally broke down. I called this kid. He came over, did a bang up job on it. <clears throat> and I was like, well, I definitely got tired with the lawnmower fixed before it needs cut again. <laughs> Here we are about to go out of town tomorrow. My grass needs cut. I <laughs> spent the rest of the morning out there trying to fix the lawnmower again. So I can relate. My my neighbors on both sides both have immaculate lawns, and it makes me feel very childish when I pull over the driveway and I'm you know situated between two professional looking golf courses, <laughs> and I've got the wild jungle growing in my backyard right now. Do so. they do the thing where it's like they brush the lawn so it looks like there are stripes, like like lines in it? Because no, they the don't. Course. Yeah, they don't go that far. It's not like All a right. major league field or anything, but. Uh, Definitely, um, I have no business owning a owning a house in between these two people. It's it's weird. Like it's weird to me. Like how much freaking work it is. Like it's it so is. much work. It is. They're like they're like that. Well, you got your four level fertilizers, and you need to thatch it, and then we have to. Uh, I don't. I don't even know. Like it's. Yeah, just... I'll, I'm not even that advanced. I'm just trying to get my grass cut and keep the leaves. <laughs> like, this is very basic. Maintenance, oh, I'm talking man. about. You're lucky no. the kid you sent to cut it came back alive. There's like velociraptors hiding in your high grass. Yeah, no, I asked him how much to, he was going to charge me. He kind of looked around and went, <laughs> yikes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like he had to think about it for a while. Like, like, honey, I shrunk the kids. Like, yeah. ah, whew, I don't know. Uh, yikes. So. Wow. You know that, what? Uh, everyone tries to kill the dandelions. Blake, do you, do you go after them? Hate the dandelions. See, I love the dandelion. And it's because it's this little, like, yellow, I don't know, they make me smile. And I think dandelions are like, to me, they're like the Pluto of flowers. Because they're not, but come on, they kind of are, right? Like, they're cute little, I don't no, know. No, no, Derek, once they take over, the once they take over, Derek, it's it's a nightmare. You That's don't, true. You once the, yeah, once they're out of control, that yeah, you're right. I, yeah. You gotta nip them in the bud. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, moving on to a more, I did want to have, uh, this was uh, a bit of a, a controversial talking point that I, that I had recently with some, with some family. Well, not, I, I'd say it was a good, healthy, intellectual discussion. So we're going we're gonna to transpose that discussion. We're going to take it online here, right here. We're going to tackle this issue right here on the Manthology <laughs> Show. Okay, we ready, yeah. gentlemen? Lay it on me. <clears throat> All right, I'll ask you first, Derek, and then we'll jump to Josh and we'll we'll get everyone's opinion on this let's hear subject. I read this recently on Quora. Absolutely love the Quora.com if anyone hasn't. It's basically a Yahoo's answers that's actually really good by experts that yeah. you can trust for the most part. 
Um, so this gentleman posted this, and I just it just made me stop and think. So true or false, gentlemen? Quote, everyone, everyone wants to be part of the 1%, but only 1% of the population is capable and willing to put in the necessary time and effort. False. Derek says false. Josh. It's absolutely true. 100%. I like this. Okay, now you both enter the ring. Now, please, I'll just, I'm going to referee. I'll step back. No, you, you go first, Eric. Well, I just feel like this is the kind of thing that people who have succeeded tell themselves to, to make them feel like they've done even more than they really have. <laughs> uh, okay. You know, uh, some, there, some there back are padding lot, then, right? There are a lot of people who work really, really hard. But here's another thing. This kind of ties into what we talked earlier about with, uh, with adulthood. Another thing I didn't appreciate about it as a kid is how much of it just seems like pure dumb luck. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who work really hard but never get the breaks. And, and you know what? If you get one of those breaks, that's great. It's not your fault. But you happen to maybe know the right person who knew the right person who put in a good word for you. You didn't really work any harder than the other applicant. But because they didn't know the right person or have the right thing or whatever, like I don't know, so much of it just seems to be to chance, and you know, let alone the nepotism involved with a lot of this. Like you know, the Waltons are part of the one percent, but how much how much of that fortune did they actually earn for themselves? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I just have a problem with this idea that the system we have right now, with you know, so few having so much, it's like that because they really worked hard. Right. Well, Counter, uh, yeah. Counterpoint, Josh. There, there are a lot of extremes, and you're right. That's a very pompous-sounding statement that, that he read. Um, but I, I, no, I do believe in. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I think the proof is in the pudding. A lot of times, I mean, your efforts. Uh, there, there is some luck that goes into some some things, but you know, the ability to put yourself out there and make yourself available, <clears throat> capitalize on situations, market yourself, network yourself with the right people. That is all part of work to me. I mean, that is yeah. all part of what it takes to be successful. So um, while that statement is a bit, you know, hard to swallow for some people, I do think that for the most part, uh, the cream rises. That's one of the great things about, um, you know, this country, capitalism and competition in and of itself. So uh, I don't like the way that, that statement is worded. But, yeah, I absolutely do believe that for the most part, you have the opportunity to make yourself. Josh, are you accusing me of, of using overly extreme and generalization oh, in, 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 in an effort to, to, to ignite a discussion? What? That's <laughs> like, we all know that's not how the internet works. That is not how I or the internet work. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. I feel like this is, this is a fun talking point, but this isn't a binary. There's no, there's not a binary solution to yeah. this. Because, yeah. um, Derek, you're completely right. There are hardworking, blue-collar, even white-collar people or underprivileged people or minorities or females that, you know, have a tough time catching a break and they still work really hard. But at the same time, I, I can understand Josh's point because I truly believe 100% in, in the idea of the harder I work, the luckier I get. And, and I, I, like, I've had, I've had bad breaks, but overall I've had good breaks i would say and i'm i think i'm a pretty hard worker not not like an amazing worker but i in my life that's been true so that's how i try to balance this this idea out that and i'm trying to teach my kids that like look that you know 
you can just throw your hands up and say, well, there's nothing I can do. The system's rigged. Or you can believe, and no, work hard, and then, you know, luck will kind of find your way. It's not going to all work out. You're not going to get exactly what you want because no one does. Right. But I feel like it kind of takes that ownership. And, and that's, what I, that's what I like about that idea of, like, let me do the best I can, and maybe a little more luck will, will head my way if I do. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's balance in everything, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you have a lot more control over things than I think people – um, think that they do. I definitely think there's something to making your own luck. I mean, luck definitely yeah. plays a part in it, but I, you know, maybe there is something to being in the right position to take advantage of that luck, you know? So yeah. in other words, making sure that when, if the luck is that, you know, if you get that break or putting yourself in a position that you can you know, capitalize on it. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, I and I think the cool thing is, is that I think we have to observe both both perspectives i think there's truth in both of the you know depending yeah. on where you fall in line both those arguments i think have merit and it's important that we have the derricks of the world and the joshes of the world <laughs> to make sure you know what regardless of your perspective that you know we're taking care of taking care of everyone i think there's that's, always that's a middle point. ground yeah yeah Oh, fellas, um, let's. Uh, <clears throat> I want to do a new a new segment, uh, starting with this episode. I want to take a stroll down memory lane with you, fellas. Mm, you, can you? You guys want to? You guys want to follow along? I've As I said, Blake, that's that's the only place I spend time is memory lane. <laughs> 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 All right. So, is there? I mean, and I don't. I'm not fishing for anything. I I haven't really come across anything. But is have either of you? in the last week or since we started the show, encountered a blast from the past that just really made you, you know, nostalgic and, and warm and fuzzy. Derek? I mean, the, well, the thing is, all the things I enjoy are just inherently old anyway. So, like, I, like, I haven't, I haven't really, like, mm. I haven't added anything to my taste from the last, you know, 15 years as it is. So pretty much everything I listen to is, in, or everything I enjoy is, is in some ways a blast from the past. Yeah, uh, I absolutely have something that I've been digging on lately, and it is the semi Guns N' Roses reunion. Uh. It got me just on fire, kids, on fire. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, I was the biggest Guns head from like third grade on, up until Nirvana came into the picture. And then after that, I sort of I denounced Changed them. Allegiances. Yeah, denounced them, whatever. Like I was like, Ugh, whatever. And then years later, as an adult, I went back and started listening to it. I was like, well, well, that's great rock music. So I've, anyways, I've come to reappreciate some of my roots and stuff. And so with them announcing the, the tour and the semi-reunion, uh, it's, been, it's been great around here. I bought tickets before they came out. I'm just <laughs> hoping the Axel could keep it together until July. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. You bought yeah. tickets to a show that may not happen. I know. I, know. So I, bought, I bought the insurance, uh, but yeah, I'm excited, man. I've, uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really pumped about that. I so. will, I will vouch for Josh's love of all things Guns N' Roses. I first met Josh as as a middle schooler. What what were we in, Josh? Seventh, eighth grade? I don't remember. Yeah, something like that. Middle school, Josh. I, I mean, he looked. He embodied the motif of appetite of destruction. Like he just <laughs> was, he was the yeah. he was the living middle school embodiment of that look and that motif. Like you yeah, nailed it. I was, I, I was fortunate. I mean, like looking back, I would argue all you know everything else being equal, appetite may be one of the best rock albums ever. 
and definitely one of the best uh, first albums of any band out there. Debuts. But yeah, debuts. Thank you. I was fortunate that at the time when it came out, we were living with my uncle who was young and he got it and he like burnt me a cassette of it. And I remember having this, this, this recorded cassette of appetite and just w- literally wearing it out. And yeah. uh yeah, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of formation happened at that point. So they were just down memory lane. They were so positioned. Well, like they, they weren't, they, at the yeah. time they they weren't a glam band, but they appealed to the glam fans. They weren't really a metal band, but a lot of metal fans dug them. They were yeah. just this, they were right in the middle of all these different things that, I don't know. And, and of course, they had the, the songs to back it up, so it all it just really worked. Yeah, they were so can, probably can, sort of the last big giants of those, you know, arena rock bands, too. Yeah. So. Can we, can, is it fair for us to blame Axel then for their demise, or is there more yeah. to it? Yeah, yeah. of uh, course. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. He but bears I the brunt. I can say that uh, looking back, I can see why he did some of the things that he did in terms of like making them sign over the rights to the name and stuff like that. I mean, they had members leaving. They had all had drug problems, and he was smart enough to think, okay, I need to own this brand you know, because these guys may not be around. So to his credit, I give him you know, a little bit of credit there of having the foresight to do that. But yeah, I mean – Okay, well, well Josh, I didn't – I didn't hear the news. Is 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 Buckethead on guitar, or is it actually well, so Slash? Slash, Duff Slash, and Axel. yeah. Are, are so the, just the drummer's missing then. The original drummer. Yeah, but we don't want him. Um, <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I got news for you. Drummers are a dime a dozen. Uh, All right. Well, <laughs> I, I, I was I was part of the Matt Sorum camp, the second drummer anyway. So Stephen Adler, the original drummer, he had a stroke. He he couldn't physically pull it off now, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so they've, they've got the guy that's been playing with him for a while, which he's really good. He plays a little too fast for me, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I actually, I've, I spent too much time watching clips of these last few shows I did and they sound great. Like yeah. it's better than I've seen, uh, Axel sound in a long time. He's lost. Okay, this, this isn't your boyhood speaking. This is objective adulthood speaking. As these guys still I got can it. be. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll say this, like I, when I watch clips of them from, uh, of the band from you know previous to now when you know he was fat and he was out of shape like he sounded horrible but now his voice yeah. you can tell he's lost weight he's gotten shape his voice sounds really really good so um, yeah it's exciting I'm, I'm you excited. know what I'll back up Josh on this I here's I don't want Josh to get mad at me I was yeah. never a, really a Guns N' Roses fan you know because I'm like a metal guy and it's a little light for me right but. Um, I heard um, there, there are a couple things I, I really like about Guns N' Roses. And one, I love that Axel is a rock star jerk. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think the world <laughs> needs <laughs> more of that. Oh, listen. Well, it's a dying breed. It's a dead breed. It is. It is. And you know what? We need more rock stars like I, Axel Rose. I'm I so guess. sick of like bands today in this like Facebook age that they interact with the fans and I'll be in the back after the show signing <laughs> CDs. I want to show up drunk, high. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So wait, wait. Let me just let me just soundbite this right here on the Manthology. So Derek Buck says to make the world a better place, we need more assholes. Rock music should be dangerous, and Guns N' Roses were dangerous. I yes. totally appreciate that about Axl Rose. Uh, and musically, the other thing is, you know, I was like I said, never really a fan, but I heard the song "Civil War" the other day, and what I, I Jesus, what a great rock song. That yeah, that band, they're one of the few bands that you know. They had all that marketing behind them, but they 
they deserved it. They were really good at what they did. Yeah, they my my absolute favorite Axel moment in the history of Axel moments and Gun Roses is on, is on Welcome to the Jungle. The bridge, mind you, when he's really high and he's like, "Y'all went to the jungle." Yeah. What, wait, what does he say? I can't remember. But yeah. yeah, I mean, so nice though. Like, it, I, I promise you, any listener, go put on Appetite right now and. I mean, it is extremely well-produced, and it's just a banging album, man. I've got a whole new appreciation for it now. It's great. It's good stuff. One quick question. This is a mini blast from a somewhat recent past related to music. Um, early aughts for anyone out there. Who cares? Uh, Derek, is System of a Down metal? Well, dude, we could do a whole podcast about metal genres and labels. They're, yeah. they're part of a genre called new metal but it's nu as in like fake of course, of course. so like true <laughs> true metal fans would say no they're not really a metal band no do okay. you so you don't consider them metal no to me they're just like a, they're just a good hard rock band you know with some of those new metal flavorings but they're not what i would call a metal true metal band no gotcha. i don't care what it's called but i just love the juxtaposition of this really hard aggressive music with this guy that's singing like an opera man over it he kind of sounds like a carny at times too yeah that's what it is it's like a, a carny metal band yeah uh, so I heard that on the radio the other day. It was, it was good times. And I wanted to ask you, because Derek is the, for any listeners out there, Derek is the quintessential expert on metal the, genres yeah, and metal it, in general. We could spend just so many shows getting into all the different metal genres, but that's that's for another time. We may turn this into a metal show. <laughs> we, should, <laughs> we should do a bonus we'll Ditch episode. the man theme and just go right into a metal show. Okay. <laughs> Um, Derek, we've got a, we got a couple of letters uh, that I was hoping you could read on the show. Maybe we could quickly discuss them as, as we wind down this episode. Yeah, so we actually got some uh, feedback on our Facebook, which you can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash manthology show uh, from Jack Hubbard. And uh, what, he actually sent some feedback. This ties into what we talked about on last week's show. Uh, I thought you guys would like to know that barbecue season has just hit here in the U.K., I know you guys determined that propane is less manly than charcoal, and I agree with that completely. However, I'm undecided on whether it's more manly to have a beautifully made shop-bought barbecue or to just cook your meat on a grill suspended over a fire between two loose piles of unsecured bricks. <laughs> I think I know the answer, but could you guys offer some clarification? I, I the, You know, he won up this there. There's no, <laughs> I, there's... I can't. I got nothing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I. You know, it, cooking your meat over a fire is. I think that's the pinnacle of barbecue. Yeah. yeah I, and the more dangerous it is with loose yep. bricks and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, even better. Even I think better. making ill-advised decisions is part of being a man. So oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely go with the the loose piles of unsecured bricks. Yeah. And you know what? Your meat will taste better. That way too. There's because it's got just a little hint of danger in it. And you can you know what it is? It's the Axle Rose of Grills. There you go to tie it all together in a nice, pretty bow. Yeah. Like if it works, it's going to be great. But there's a chance the whole thing collapses. <laughs> yeah, there's a chance he's not even going to make it to the stage. <laughs> right. Uh, you know what? I actually had a friend that um, was debating this very thing with his grill situation. He didn't want to buy this fancy grill. He thought that went against the very tenets of grilling. Um, but he also, you know, he didn't really have a yard to just build a fire. 
Right. So what he did was he got an old beer keg and he, he like with a soldering gun or whatever. I don't know how you do these things. He cut it in half and he made a charcoal grill out of a keg. And it was, I have to tell you, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. That is pretty beautiful. Yep. If I could, if I could muster a, a tool time grunt, I would do that right now. <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the feedback, Jack. Uh, another one that came in that uh, apparently our producer Wilson lost the name, so I can't attribute it to him. But uh, uh, wrote in, uh, I've started quote, I've started listening to your show, and I think the subject matter is great. Thank you, anonymous feedback person. Um, per your recent discussion on, mans- on masculinity, he continues, one of the oft-discussed themes of Kubrick's full metal jacket concerns its potential as a harsh criticism of traditional forms of masculinity. Mm. That's very interesting. I, you know, I hadn't considered that, but and I haven't seen that movie in quite some time, but from what I remember of it, yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. <laughs> I saw it as a boy, and I just interpreted it as hoorah masculinity. I, I wasn't yeah. smart enough to get that he was actually, you know, he had a little Trojan horse in there. I didn't get yeah. that part. I didn't either, but again, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I actually like to go back and watch it. Um, I always liked Platoon better than Full Metal Jack, even though Platoon was a slow burn. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I kind of felt maybe Full Metal was better. We'll have to. We'll That's have to a good that question. Out. Yeah. You know, this is, here's my thing with movies. I don't like to watch really good movies. Okay. You know, like I've, I've, I've watched Full Metal Jacket and I recognize it's one of the great movies ever. It's great. But I have no desire to watch it a second time. Whereas like a movie like Stripes, I could watch a million times. Well, Stripes is a great movie. But I you mean, know what I mean? No, like you wouldn't consider Stripes on the same level as a full metal jacket. Well, yeah. I mean, some like I agree with you. Some movies that are just really, really heavy handed, like it's hard to be like – uh, you know what, guys? I really want to sit down and watch There Will Be Blood again. Yeah, Although it's one of my favorite movies, and it's great. Or Schindler's like, List, too, right? Yeah. I, I couldn't well, go yeah. back and watch that. Sit down that. on a Saturday afternoon with the kids and watch Schindler's List. Yeah. <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to get to the mindset of some of those really big, heavy films. Yeah. Even, like, movie. Forrest Gump. I mean, you can't. Like, it's, it's, it's yeah. like, a, it's like a, uh, an odyssey, and I just don't want to sit down for an odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. I get you to a point. Derek, but then, then I, but then I, 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 I'm going to counter you with Shawshank Redemption. I can watch that 50 more times in my lifetime and be very happy doing so. Yeah, that's true. I, mean, I don't know. I think I just like to laugh when I watch movies, and so yeah. I just watch dumb comedies and great comedies too. There are great comedies, like I, straight, like you said, Stripes is a great comedy. But yeah. it just seems like comedies are never held in as high regard as these artsy fartsy movies. They're that not. Actually, yeah, and that's a shame. Yeah. That's 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 part of the problem with I, the system. Well, two. To this, to this listener's uh, point, I did want to bring up what I might consider. Now, granted, I'm biased because it's a recent movie, and we'll get into this discussion. We we already teased the the, the best action movies. We'll, we'll have to do this, but I got to insert Mad Max Fury Road right here as the greatest, like. Amalgamation, if that's a word, it sounds like it should be. Amalgamation. Uh, uh, yeah, that's what I was looking for. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> I got close. I got close. That was a very man thing for me to do. Um, so, I think Mad Max is the perfect balance of celebrating machoism, but also champion championing the female heroines in our lives. And I love that. I love that it. I don't think he was critiquing 
uh, you know, the, the machuism. He was certainly making fun of the more grotesque sides of that aspect. But Mad Max was the sidekick in Fury Road, and he saved the day. But um, Furiosa was the heroine. She, she was the leader, and I loved how they worked together. I think it's an absolutely beautiful movie, and I think it's, the to date, the best movie, uh, action movie, certainly, to like, to, like, encompass and welcome all genders and walks of life, and we all win together. That's my thought. It, it is definitely one of the better, uh, more recent action films. Yeah. I think it may take the number one spot. We'll have this. We'll uh, that's this, a big, yeah. We'll duke this out later. <laughs> Stay tuned for a future episode of the Manthology Show. Gentlemen, we've reached the end of this episode. Josh, tell them how they can participate in an upcoming show. Sure. If you like what we're doing here, please visit us at manthologyshow.com to become a patron. Follow us on Twitter at Manthology Show, or you can email us at men at manthologyshow.com. For Josh and Derek, I'm Blake. Thank you so much for joining us, listening, and being patrons and supporters. Even if you don't support the show yet, hopefully, or ever, we thank you for spending your, your time with us. We hope to catch you right here on the Manthology. So next week, next Friday, we've got a new show for you. Catch us then. Thanks. But do support us. <laughs> <laughs>